Let's open our Bibles again today to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number 15. And we're going to continue our study in what I'm calling Back to Basics. What do we uh, as believers or Christians believe? In 1 Peter 3.15, the Bible says, But in your heart <clears throat> set apart Christ as Lord, and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. So the first basic that we covered is the only true basis of Christian fellowship is Christ, the agape love, which is greater than any differences that we possess and without which we have no right to claim ourselves to be Christians. And number two, we said the worship of God is spiritual. Again, worship is, is the submission of all of our nature to God. And then number three, we said the worship of God should be inspirational. It should inspire us. And then number four, where we left off last time, is the worship of God should be intelligent. It should be intelligent. 2 Timothy 2.15, for example, says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed. In other words, we need to be diligent. We need to be diligent to present ourselves as one that is approved by God so that we're not ashamed because we're handling the word of truth. And again, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the worship of God should be intelligent. <clears throat> it is important to study the Bible because it shows us the right way and it shows us the wrong way. You know, the writer of Proverbs in Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way which seems right to a man, but the end leads to death. There's so many errors in the church today simply because of ignorance of the Word of God. That word is ignoramus because of the Word of God. They simply do not know it. They don't rightly divide it. Um, I asked a question today on my discussion board um, in regards to when did the New Testament begin? Now, most of us will open up our Bibles and we will look at the book of Malachi, which is the last book in our Bible, the Old Testament. And there's a page there that says New Testament. And then when we turn that page, we arrive at Matthew 1.1 and we assume that is where the New Testament begins. But that simply is not true. The New Testament does not begin in Matthew 1.1. The Old Testament does not end with Malachi. Uh, for the Bible says in Hebrews 9.15, For this reason, he is the mediator of the new covenant, 
so that since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant, those who have been called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance for where a covenant is, listen to this, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. For a covenant is valid only when men are dead. For it is never in force while the one who made it lives. The New Testament begins after the death of the testator, which was Christ. It doesn't begin in Matthew 1 1. It's just like you and I write a will, our last will and testament. When does that testament go into force? After we are dead. Not while we are alive, but after we are dead. Again, ignorance in the church today, in the body of Christ. So we see people and we see a lot of confusion today in the church because they are taking things from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that have absolutely nothing to do with the church. We have entire movements that are based upon the Gospels. We have doctrines such as the requirement of baptism for salvation. Where are they getting that? Gospels. We have people teaching you got to endure to the end in order to be saved. Where are they getting that? Gospels. Paul never taught that, the apostle to the Gentiles. Nowhere. So again, it's important to study the Bible because it shows us the right way and it shows us the wrong way. In, I'm reminded of 1 Chronicles chapter number 13 as a perfect example of this. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 13, we have the ark being brought from Kiriath Jerem. And it says in verse number 1 David consulted with the captains of the thousands and the hundreds, even with every leader. And David said to all the assembly of Israel, if it seems good to you, and if it is from the Lord, our God, let us send everywhere to our kinsmen who remain in all the land of Israel, also to the priests and the Levites who are with them in their cities with pasture lands that they may meet us. And let us bring back the ark of God to us, for we did not seek it in the days of Saul. Then all the assembly said that they would do so, for the thing was right in the eyes of all of the people. Now, there was nothing wrong with what David wanted. And the people felt that it was the right thing to do, but they went about it in the wrong way. And the results were disastrous. Because it goes on and says in verse number 5, So David assembled all of Israel together from Shehor of Egypt, even to the entrance of Hamath, to bring the ark of God from kiriath Jerem. David and all Israel went up to Baalah, that is, kiriath Jerem, which belongs to Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, 
the Lord who is enthroned above the cherubim where his name is called. Mm -hmm. They carried the ark of God on a new cart from the house of Abinadab. And Uzzah and Ahio drove the cart. Now, if you know anything about the Old Testament, you know they are not carrying that ark the way that God told them to in, in when he gave the law to Moses. And when, they, when he first gave them instructions on how to transport the ark, they are not following the directions. Now, everybody was excited about it. David was excited about it. But it's going to end disastrously because they are not doing it God's way. Now, if you read on here, let's see what happens. And David and all of Israel were celebrating before God with all of their might, even with songs and with lyres and harps and tambourines, cymbals and trumpets. And when they came to the threshing floor of Chidon, Uzzah put out his hand to steady the ark because the oxen nearly upset it. The anger of the Lord burnt against Uzzah. So he struck him down because he put out his hand to the ark and he died there before the Lord. Why did God kill Uzzah? Because he was violating the rules that God had established for the transportation of the ark. You see, there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Only the Levites were allowed to carry the ark. And David had to learn that lesson the hard way because they had acted in ignorance. That is why the teaching of the word of God needs to be central in our fellowships. The Bible says that it should be taught precept upon precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. Isaiah 28 and verse mm -hmm. number 10. The worship of God should be intelligent. We should be learning what the Bible says. So number one, the worship of God, uh, or number one, should be that the true basis of Christian fellowship is Christ the agape love. Number two, the worship of God is spiritual. Number three, the worship of God is inspirational. And number four, the worship of God is intelligent. And next time we get together, we will talk about number five, the worship of God should be fruitful. It should be producing fruit in our lives. Every Christian will, not should, will bear spiritual fruit somewhere, sometime, somehow. Otherwise, they are not truly believers. 
and we'll talk about that next. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, working all things out for your good.